the land she knew was left behind, and new vistas opened on the other side of the windows. Had she not known what waited for her at the journey's end, Emma might have enjoyed the new sights. The further west the train got, the more alive the world seemed. The fresher, the newer. She saw the dark, shaggy humps of buffaloes. She saw a line of covered wagons and frontier women walking alongside in calico dresses. She saw her first western town with its high wooden false fronts, its hitching rails, and its gallows. They rarely talked, she and Mrs. Avery. Emma learned very quickly that the older woman, a widow who had worked for her family since Emma was a child, resented being sent as chaperone to deliver this willful, undeserving wretch of a girl to a wealthy husband when there were good women who were alone. At last, the train reached its destination. Emma gazed around in wonder as she emerged, finally in this world, instead of merely seeing it speeding by through the glass. The tales one heard. She looked around in hopes of seeing Indian chiefs and warriors in their war paint, perhaps even Red Eagle, he of her daydreams, war-whooping as he galloped bareback at the head of an invading band. But she saw no Indians, war-whooping or otherwise. Nor were there any Mexican banditos or gunslingers in a high-noon duel. She saw none of these things as Mrs. Avery hurried her to the hotel where they'd be staying the night. But she did see a sheriff strolling along in his long duster, the star glinting in the savagely bright sun. And she saw a genuine dance hall girl, it had to be, with a painted face and a silk dress the color of rubies and wine. The next morning, after a night spent in an uncomfortably hard and narrow bed, and Mrs. Avery told her to enjoy it while she could, as they'd be wishing for beds in the next few days to come, they boarded the stagecoach. It was larger than Emma had imagined, its passenger compartment having two rows of padded leather seats facing each other past a central bench, which had no backs, and those who sat upon it had to grip handhold loops that hung from the ceiling. Trunks, boxes, and crates were loaded into the rear and lashed to the roof. Clutching her valise, Emma settled onto the front row of seats, facing backwards, Mrs. Avery on her right, and the wall of the coach on her left. Other passengers joined them, jostling and crowding, until the compartment was full. Some, those who didn't have money to rate riding inside, climbed to the roof and made themselves as comfortable as they could.